Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Score North Winter Online Auction. It's your chance to save up to 70% off on items. Like a gas furnace or water heater from Air Mechanical. Stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV. A five-night all-inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacations. Or an ultimate yard maintenance package from Tri-State Bobcat. Bidding begins December 9th through the 15th. Go to scorenorth.com keyword auction to bid, win, and save. That's scorenorth.com keyword auction. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I, I think we also won a lot of close games last year, but certainly the reason we weren't in the playoffs, you can point to several games where it was one play. And um, and so, you know, and really for 2020 as well, you leave that season feeling like, man, we're, we're a play or two away from being in the playoffs instead of sitting at home on the couch. And so, um, you know, this year it's been – it's been much better to, to find those inches, but I don't have a great answer for why we suddenly uh, have. But um, but it's it's a key part of having success in this league because it usually is an inch or two that's the difference in a in a win or loss. Uh, that's it, it is it is kind of interesting that um, he says he doesn't really can't really put his finger on why there. I think there's there's probably two main things. One, Kevin O'Connell, and just the general vibe that he is setting here and the situational master situational football football but on the other side of the ball the defense while bending a lot this season has come up with like two or three game altering turnovers in these close games to ice games that they weren't necessarily last year at Mm -hmm. least three or four that i can think of he knows exactly why i don't blame him for not talking about it but he knows exactly why i mean look at the last two years this team was you talking about Zimmer, or are you talking about Kirk, Kirk O'Chains? I'm talking about Kirk o knows exactly why. Kirk, Kirk O'Chains knows exactly why. He doesn't want to rip why. Zimmer. Yeah, and, and the last two years, the amazing thing is this team both years was on, basically, he's right, the precipice of a playoff spot, and it was miserable. Last year felt like a four-win season. Yeah. Like, watching that team was a chore. That was yeah. not a fun team. Their, their wins weren't fun, much less their defeats. Um, yeah, I mean, the attitude around this entire thing, that plays a huge role. Like, I, I mean, it's it's human beings. If He's never going to be the one that comes out no. and, and, like, rips. And I wouldn't. Yeah, there's no I don't blame to. him. But, I mean, you know, when you watch this team, and, and just for all of the gnashing of teeth about the 10 wins, right? Nine have been too close. It's too close. It's too close. Has there ever been a, has there been a game that they won this year that you watched and said, that wasn't fun to watch. Like, they backed into that. They looked miserable. Yeah. Well, there was a few games for 
like chunks of the second quarter and third quarter, the Washington game and some others where I've been like, my God, this is a dull, terrible game. But then it always business picks up in the fourth Correct. quarter. And resilience. As, as good old JR would say. And resilience picks picks up and comes and plays a key role. Yep. So I would say this is Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd, where we take all your comments, questions, concerns, critique. It's been very Vikings heavy on Feedback Friday this season because oh, the Vikings are 10-2. and two. It's a, It's been a fun ride. And the first batch, you can always send us stuff, by the way, throughout the week through the Score North app. There's a feedback tab. But the first batch here, the first couple questions for sure, I would put it under the category of how confident are you really in the Minnesota Vikings? Mm-hmm. Starting with this one from Robbie Bruzik. 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 Mackie, as the analytics guy on the show and with your history as a poker player, I think an interesting perspective you could provide uh, would be based on the numbers. Would you bet on the Vikings week to week? We do do that on Purple Picks. Been wrong quite a bit probably, but I think that might also clarify why Vegas and the Talking Heads hate the Vikings. Take fandom out of it. Who would you bet Maya Mackey's training treats on every single week or Stella's training treats on? Stella's training treats, damn it. Yeah, I mean, well, we do 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 this on the Saturday episode of, of Purple Daily, but... I am, I'll, I'll answer it this way, because he's basically asking, how confident are you really in the Vikings, right? Yep. I do think it's a little absurd that the Lions are favored in this game, but I also think it's going to be a hard game for the Vikings to win, so I wouldn't die on the hill of saying, oh, it's ridiculous. You know, I do trust the smart people that make these odds in Las Vegas. There's yep. a reason why they keep building these like billion-dollar palace hotel casinos. You know, It's not government-funded. Folks, it's your money that is being pumped into that construction. So I am not as confident in the Vikings as the 10 and 2 record would suggest. I'm like 8 and 4 level confident in the Vikings. That's kind of how I would put it. I don't think it's a steamrolling team because they haven't steamrolled anyone this year. So, yeah, from week to week, like they could easily lose a game against the Lions. I could see a, a healthy Justin Fields in a month from now like having kind of a send-off game and, and beating the Vikings. So, yes, I'm I'm not going to put my entire life savings on the Vikings to cover against the Lions, if that's what you're asking. I think if I was a betting man, if I bet constantly on football, I don't think I'd touch this team because they're weird. Yes. Um, they're a very weird team. And, and you know, Phil, to, to your point um, from earlier, there have been games. I mean, they were down by 17 at Buffalo. Who comes back from that? You're playing at Buffalo. You're down by 17. You're dead. Um, if I had if I had the Bills, I'd be like, this is great. They're going to win by 24. And they don't. And in fact, the Bills lose. So from for me personally, this is not a question of would I bet the Vikings like because I think that I would not bet them at all because their success flies in the face of so many things that the Sharps use to make the lines. This reminds me, um, I'll keep it on the betting side, but like when you're playing blackjack and for whatever reason, the dealer keeps showing a lot of tens, which means he's probably going to break or he's going to beat you on a lot of his hands because he's showing 10 underneath probably too. But for whatever reason, you keep getting 20s, you keep getting 21s, he keeps showing 19s, 18s. And for whatever reason, you keep winning these shoes and you're hot, you're hot, you're hot. And it's probably not sustainable. The next shoe that comes in, the next next time they have to change out the cards, you're probably going to be in, in a pretty brutal spot if you continue that same trend. But right now, yeah, but, but you but you don't have to give those tips back. No, that is my money, and I'm gonna and I'm not gonna 
know that I know that that is not sustainable in the next shoe, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bank all the money I can right now and, and hit it uh, because it's profitable. So you may as well ride it out. Just ride it out. You don't have to look at 2023. You don't have to look at the next shoe right now. Be thankful that right now that you just absolutely cashed in and were able to to win a lot of hands. One of, one of my favorite nights of poker ever. I used to play poker like during the poker boom from 2003 through like 2009 before Black Friday hit for anyone who also used to play. And I was uh, one of my friends was playing in a World Series of Poker event in Las Vegas at the Rio. And I wasn't playing in the event, but I was playing in a cash game just like down the hall late at night. And a drunk guy shows up at the table. He actually we found out was just pretending to be drunk so we could hustle people That's at right. the table. Yeah. And I got into a pot against this guy, and I was like maybe twenty one or twenty two years old at the time, so I didn't. It wasn't like I had a bunch of money to my name or anything, and I had like this was like an eight hundred dollar pot, which for me was insane at that time. And uh, I got the money in with what I thought was the best hand because he was just like drunk and playing everything. It turns out that so I I got it in with uh with what's called trips. I had a a, a a pair of twos in my hand or fours or something, a four hits on the board. Turns out he made uh, the nut flush on the same turn card. But then I hit a lucky card on the river, the last card for a full house. So I got super lucky, scooped an $800 pot, and then got to play the rest of, you know, however long I also want. I didn't have to give them. I got super lucky. I didn't have to give the $800 back. Right. The Vikings don't have to give 10 wins back. Right. They have 10 wins. And they're probably going to get to like 13 wins or 14 wins. And they're going to be in the playoffs. So the ship has sailed on, oh, well, what if they don't? I don't know. They got 10 wins. Who cares? Absolutely. And they have yeah. a weird look. They, they're, I think that they are a good team with some deficiencies. But they have had this weird positive vibe that I don't think, like eventually if I bet games, I would just avoid that vibe. Because you can't, like, if you're going to say, I'm going to take Detroit, which, by the way, might make perfect sense. I mean, do I want to do that with a team that, you know, could score with 20 seconds left? And and has now, Kirk Cousins has six fourth quarter game winning drives. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, John, John uh, Gargaro. I thought it was going to be Johnny Gargano here for oh, a second. Oh, Johnny Wrestling? John Gargaro. As the resident stats guy, can you touch on how DVOA rankings work with Football Outsiders? This is an analytical website that we reference on Purple Daily. I have a basic understanding after reading Football Outsiders, but the Vikings have set, have beat seven teams with a higher Football Outsiders ranking than them. How are they not ranked higher? So the Vikings are the are like the 18th ranked team or something. The I think Packers. they're offensively 18th behind the Packers. Yeah, I believe the Packers are eight ahead of the Vikings. So, yeah, this is getting into the weeds of, like, like Las Vegas uses a lot of this information. NFL teams use a lot of this information. It's process-driven information about how you are playing and winning or losing games. Mm-hmm. And uh, DVOA stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average. Let's put that aside for a second because no one knows what that means. <laughs> What they do is they break down the play-by-play of every single football game, and they compare the success on every single play to the league average. So how are you on third and short? How are you on third and long? How are you in the red zone? How are you in the fourth quarter? Everything. 
How are you on the plus side of the field, minus side of the field? And they compare everyone to each other based on a league average baseline for every scenario. And with that, the Vikings are a, a below average NFL team, but they still have found a way to win 10 games. And the reason why they aren't ranked above the teams that, are, that they're beating is because the process by which they're beating those teams is a losing process. They're getting outgained by like 200 yards, right? And, and there's two wins for sure where they've been outgained by 200 yards, maybe more than that. And so what it's saying is it doesn't care, it, it doesn't care about the wins and losses. It cares about the process. Right. The Vikings are, are out, are, I guess, the result of the process is very favorable for the Vikings, even if the process is bad. That's what's happening this year. That's what right. DVOA is telling you. Right. The DVOA doesn't care that, like, well, they beat, the, but they beat the Jets. All it's saying is, for three hours, the Jets were better processed than the Vikings. And there's tons of holes to poke in this, obviously, because the Vikings are a living, breathing example of it. So, Right, because it doesn't, it can't take into account clutch time. It does, though. It does. It, it does take into account clutch time. It takes into account how you perform in the fourth quarter. But, right, but I'm saying, like, you can't isolate, you, you can't take out, if the Vikings, you can't take out the third and just put in the fourth. Like, that's the weird thing about it. That's where the eye test becomes important. I agree. It, it, needs, the, it, needs to, it needs to account for the entire game. Analytics do account for the entire game. But it doesn't right. guarantee, but just because you played a losing process against the Jets doesn't right. guarantee the result will be a loss. Correct. That's what's happening here. It's like Declan said. You could play crappy at the blackjack table and still win like $500. But if you play crappy for like a week, you're probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. And this is where the good news for the Vikings is that they don't have to play 100 games with this process. They only Correct. have to play 17, and 12 games are already over. Which is the great thing about this sport is, is and, and why it's susceptible to flaws actually working, because the seasons are, in, in the big picture of things, relatively short. Yep. And also, like, even if you're playing with a flawed process, every team is so closely bunched together, yeah. you can still steal games by being situationally good, which is what you're kind of saying. Um, Six Rulers says, for all the national football experts that are always saying that an NFL team is what the record says they are, except the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Also, when the Bills went through a rough patch this year, the one thing I kept hearing is that if the Bills can't figure out how to win close games come playoff time, they are in trouble. Yet the Vikings exclusively win close games <laughs> and are frauds. That's a great point. Yeah. I am going to love when this team of frauds makes it to the Super Bowl. I know they have some issues. So does every other team. I do believe these close games will serve them well in January. Isn't that hilarious? Like, teams have been ripping the Bills. All the Bills do, their only wins are when they blow someone out. But when they get into a dogfight game, they lose. They need to figure that out. The Vikings are the opposite, and teams are like, and people are like, oh, they're just getting lucky in all these close games. They got to blow people out. Why aren't they winning by 30 <laughs> points occasionally? Uh, no, it, yeah, it's, it is exactly right. And when you, look at, when you look at the type of team that the Vikings are and their mentality, I will say this. It feels like the close games have not and continue to not fluster them, which I think is important. Uh, a prime example in my mind is this. The conference championship game, painful as this is to bring up, in 98, right? That Vikings team had blown people out. Mm-hmm. Their previous playoff game was against the Cardinals. Cardinals had no chance, shouldn't have even shown up. 
Um, and that Vikings team, if you go back and look at scores, they were they were track meets, and the Vikings were running them off the field, and the Falcons hung around and they hung around, and that caused the problem. So yes, I think that there is something to be said for the process of the Vikings games and becoming almost um, um, not flustered not concerned if a game is close and my god by this point this team should not be that's actually a great point about the 98 teams i just pulled up early in the season before their bye week in week six they did have they had a a one touchdown win over the rams in week two and they had a three-point win in chicago in week four uh, but then after their bye week, they did lose the one game to the Buccaneers. That was a close game loss. Yep. That game actually more resembled the Falcons game because it was like a kind of a dogfight game. They they beat the Saints by seven, but every other game, 41 to seven, 34 to 13, 24 to three, 28, 14, 46 to 36. That, but that, that was the Dallas Thanksgiving game. It wasn't that close. Yes. Uh, 48 to 22. 38 to 28, 50 to 10. Like Jaguars, right? Yeah, good call. I remember that game. 50 to 10 over the Jaguars at home. <laughs> and then they get into and then they blow the Cardinals out, but then they get into this hand fight game. All right, we're going to put the bayonets on. We got to we got to we're going to we're in an actual boxing match in the 10th round here, guys. We're not used to this. And they got tight. They got tight at the end of the first half. They did. Oh, what do we do? Oh my god. Should we th- throttle down? You think Kevin O'Connell's going to take a knee with like two timeouts and forty seconds, like Denny Green did? Denny Green was like, "Oh, what well, do we yeah, do?" He, he 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 didn't want that smoke by that point. K- KOC wants all the smoke at the end of the first yes. half. Yes, I don't think all I will smoke. be. Sh- I will be shocked if KOC melts down. I'll be really surprised. We'll too. Sean Pressure says, "Love your show, guys. Keep pushing for a better Vikings team." Can you talk about the state of the NFC? Niners lose Garoppolo. Seahawks lose Walker. Cowboys lose Anthony Brown, cornerback. We are the most healthy, although the Vikings have lost their left tackle, but he should be back at some point. We are the most healthy um, of all the NFC playoff contenders. Thanks for what you do and uh, just win one before I die. I mean, yeah, like, listen, the Eagles are the Eagles. The Cowboys even losing a player or two, they just steamrolled you. But it's not like there's seven teams just chomping at the bit. So it is. It is a. It's an NFC that you can kind of take advantage of here. Definitely. Who scares you? Dallas the Eagles, does. The Eagles in Dallas for sure. Yeah. The Sam Niners Frank, with almost anyone at quarterback kind of scare me. That kind defense. of right, right. But yes, I, I mean that Tom Brady back. scares me a little bit. A little the, bit. You, you know what's weird about that? Brady scares me a bit. The Buccaneers don't so much. I don't think Bowles is a great coach. I think if if Brady. If the Buccaneers come here, Brady does scare me as a player, and he's done this before, and he certainly has all the tricks. But I I like the coaching matchup of KOC against Bowles. I just don't think Bowles is – I think Bowles is a really, really damn good coordinator. Um, and, look, we've seen that before, right? Wade Phillips, Norv Turner. I mean, there's a long list of guys who are impressive coordinators, and they get put into – head coaching jobs and aren't that that great. But we've talked about the conference for months now. And yes, I mean, this does in a season where, where you are creating your own luck and things are going right. 
this feels like about as wide open as the conference is going to be because there's always going to be one or two really good teams. Yeah. Uh, but the depth is not there. I, I mean, I think the Seahawks first round would give you a tough game, but they don't scare me. Yeah. I also think like back to the 98 thing, if you would have asked the same question, the answer is nobody, nobody scares you in the NFC. Well, you, well yeah. the, the Falcons were a 14 win team even though they may have been frauds, if you will. They were a 14-win team. Actually, that's a good segue into this one from Kevin Hearn. He says the 98 Falcons, which Judd brought up earlier this week, is a decent example worth looking into. They were 7-9 and nine the year before, so the mm-hmm. Vikings were, basically. Mm-hmm. The second loss in 98 was a 28-3 blowout to the Jets, just like the Vikings this year. Their expected win-loss record was 11-5. and five. They wind up going 14-2, and two, so they overperform what they should have won, like the Vikings are. Uh, they won their first playoff game by two points, then beat the Vikings by three. Their quarterback had 25 touchdowns and 12 picks on the season. Cousins on pace for 25 tuds and 12 picks. Ooh, nice find. So, a lot of similarities. I would say, though, that the Falcons proved their process a little more they had several blowout wins during the regular season and and uh, analytically were a more sound team in 98 than the Vikings are this year. So that is worth noting. But right. but the Falcons at least show it's another example of a team that shows you you can be lucky and overperform how many wins you were supposed to have. And it doesn't mean that you're destined to just get smoked in the first round of the playoffs. Yes. And the ni- 98 Vikings were the biggest badass on the, the block, which I think the e- Eagles are seen as. And it's and that's fair this time around. So I guess the parallel in the conference would be that the that this Vikings team is basically the Falcons, mm-hmm. and Ch- and Chandler for that time was not a bad player. Quarterback wise, I, I mean he wasn't a star, but he was solid, very mm-hmm. solid. So yeah, I like that comparison. That's very good. With Philadelphia now playing the role of the Vikings from 98 and the Vikings playing the role of the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, Declan's playing the role of good citizen of Vadness Heights. I saw right. you went to Lake Ridge Liquors and basically stocked everyone's liquor cabinet <laughs> yesterday based on the photo you sent. I did, yes. Uh, I stopped and I stocked and met my guy Jared who uh, runs Lake Ridge Liquors there in Vadness Heights off 694 and Rice Street. Great selection. That 40-foot whiskey wall, he was not kidding. Humongous, great whiskey wall. I was talking up his ear on the bourbon, on the rye, on the Irish whiskey. Plenty of different options at Lake Ridge Liquors. Judd, there's plenty of Surly there. I saw Before I Die. I saw the variety packs. I saw Furious. So there's plenty of stock uh, stocking options there as well. Go check out Lake Ridge Liquors off 694 and Rice Street in Badness Heights. And mention Score North when you sign up for their rewards program. Uh, they'll comp you five bucks, too, on your second visit. Go check out Lake Ridge Liquors. Uh, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping businesses maximize their level of success. It's like having a great rim protector, a Rudy Gobert, or a great offensive line protecting you as you survey the landscape. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you, whether it's recessions or or uh, just things that could happen, claims that are made, you want that guiding hand when you face choppy waters as a business owner and Federated has been around for over 100 years doing just that. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Before we get to more Vikings feedback here, I do have a Minnesota goodbye question for you right now. Uh, This is from the Weekend Golfer Twitter. No, Instagram account. I follow a bunch of golf accounts on Instagram. Yep. It's great. 
if you were randomly dropped into a pro sporting event with your entire country's hopes and dreams on the line, which one of these four options would you choose oh to attempt? So it's Judd Zolgad. Yep. You have millions of Americans that are yep. watching and rooting for you. Don't let your country down. I know you hate international sporting events. I do. But, okay, it's I'll the, play along. It's, it's a Stanley Cup final. I'll play but along. Instead of no, playing play hockey. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Hello. You'd have to attempt one of these four things. A free throw, a no. soccer penalty kick, a 25-yard field goal, Ooh. or a six-foot putt. Oh, God. So we sort of did some of these things because I did the soccer Athlete penalty challenge. kick with you and Harrigan. We've actually the done last World Cup. We've actually done three of these. We did. Yes, we, we have. We, we did athlete challenges four years ago. We did the free throw. Well, we did. Judd was shooting threes actually, very poorly. Yeah, I'm not doing the free. No, I'm not doing basketball. I'm out on basketball for sure. The, the penalty kicks. We had you. Do we have you in goal or? or no, or Harrigan, Harrigan was, was in goal, and I missed the net entirely. I think. Um, now, now I and then, also and then had, you played a, a par three. You hadn't golfed in twenty years, and we, yes. we had you play a par three. And on the penalty kick, if I'm not mistaken, before I missed the net, we did it as an athlete challenge for me because I had said it's simple. So I had declared I can score no problem, and then yeah. I, I think I fell down. <laughs> um, so a six foot putt, and like, here he is, Judd Zolgad taking oh! the pitch. All of the United States hopes and dreams are on the line. Is he wearing? Is he wearing? What kind of shoes is he wearing? Are those Converse? Wearing are those cargo shorts? He's wearing his slippers. He's wearing wearing his slippers. That's what he's wearing. Um. All right. So. uh, I would. I would assume the penalty kick is also against not former producer Dave Harrigan, but it's against like an actual World Cup goalie. What's the other one besides the putt? There's a 25-yard field goal. Yeah, okay, Let's no say way. that there's no one trying to block it. Oh, so you nope. can, have a free run. Still no chance. Oh, still I, can't. Still can't get I the like ball this. launched. I guess I would. Although my my heart would be racing, so like it, it'd be it'd be difficult. I guess I would try the putt. Like of my athlete challenges, I was the closest, and I I'm not saying I'm good, but penalty kick with a real goaltender, no chance. No, I disagree chance. on that. Um, I declared are it. Guessing, I They're declared guessing. it. Yeah, and guess what? I fell down and missed the bleeping. Uh, okay, but if entirely. you can just if you can just put a good foot on the ball and not fall down and not completely tip where you're going to kick it, the field goal I would have no chance. I think the field goal is the toughest. I can do. That. I, I don't goal. think I could get. I like the, the, football I like the field goal the most in the air. Really, I'm doing the yes, I like the field goal chance the most. If no one's blocking, if you're telling me no one's blocking, yes, I love the I love the opportunity of a 25 yard right. field goal. Yeah, we need to. Have get you outside. ever kicked a 25 yard field goal before? Uh, I kicked a 30, or it was 30 or 40 yard at the Super Bowl experience, and I had the distance. I just pushed wide right. I had, I so you can get it locked. You can get it lofted yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Soccer style kick. Uh, I no, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a NFL kick. It was you know it was it no, was, I mean soccer. Side of your foot or just straight on? Oh, with, with your toes? Uh, I think I How'd went. I think with my toes. I think I went straight on. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I went Old straight on. Old school Freddie Cox, Rick yeah. Danmeyer. Um, love to hear that. <laughs> believe it or not, I golf all the time, and the one that I am really most trepidatious about is the putt. I. I think most people would choose the six foot putt. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I mean, it's, it's gonna roll I would in. try that. Oh, I would man. try that with the world watching too, because there's nothing worse. By the by, the way. 
that like when you got a group that's playing red on your heels or even like when you're teeing off at the tee box and they're behind like the stress of when Joe Schmo behind me is drinking a Mick Light and I have to go on the and I have to drive the ball. I don't like that pressure. So I, I wouldn't want the international like people watching me with a six foot putt. If I miss the field goal with a million people, whatever it is, the world watching, I don't feel that bad. I don't feel why that is bad that? Why is it different? Because yeah. the putt, I actually golf. Like, I like to golf. So I think it's more, it's much more pressure, and I'm just going to probably hammer that sucker way past the hole. I feel like it's only different in your head. Yeah, it probably is. Like, but the, but like this the is, world is putting pressure on you in both cases. I guess, but I, I feel... I think make, to me, making a six-foot putt would be the easier, for me, would be the easier, hmm. not easy necessarily, but... I would actually choose the penalty kick because, like I said, if you can, these goalies, even against like an amateur, if you can put a boot on that thing, that goalie's guessing. He has to guess. It's That's too close. Too. That's what I thought, too. But you fell down. I know I missed the net. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try the putt. The free throw, too. I mean, if you could just take a deep breath, I mean, I, I feel fairly confident I could at least like hit the rim or something and rattle around. So I was so bad. I, I can't do that to myself <laughs> anymore. <true. laughs> I did make them in, in grade school when I played. You're just free throw shooter. You know, I was okay. We're using the backboard. But now I'm, now I'm, um, it just depended. Why don't okay. more people use the backboard? Yeah. Love backboard. It's not cool. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not cowardly. Cool. It's there it's cowardly for you. To use the backboard. It's supposed to help you. Tim, I'm, Tim I'm Duncan made a career out of using the backboard. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the coolest guy. Big but you know, he's a hall of famer. He's got rings, man. Big fundamental, I, that's right. I think a lot of players would prefer to actually miss a, a free throw that looks good than make it off the backboard. I think you're right. I think NBA players would prefer if, if it's going to like rim out, right? So it's not a and, bad shot. NBA players would rather shoot, and there's plenty of examples, 52% from the free throw line for their career than shoot underhanded and maybe shoot... Rick Barry. 75%, yeah. Rick Barry did that. Did, did Shaq try that once or twice or no i don't think so such a prideful guy okay I don't... who tried it rick barry's kid did because he, he played for yeah for the wolves g league team in des moines I'm trying i to don't think know if any i mean if any NBA modern player. nba players have tried it I, mm. you'd get laughed out of the arena no, that's that, why they don't do it can we hit up boone at, at his facility is there a field goal thing set up uh not no because it's an offensive it's an offensive lineman training Boone's, facility like, you i think don't Boone's know. gonna tolerate a kicker Boone would kick the kicker. No, but Boone would tolerate. What are they going to do with the goalposts in Boone's? I don't know. I, I don't know if he's like on a football think, field. Like I, I think it was a genuine question. Jeez, I, I thought you it was think just Jeremiah me. Searles and Boone. They beat your ass. Down I thought it was a regular. I don't know. It was a whole football facility. I was. But I mean, sure. we could go to a high school and try it. Do that too. We could easily find a. Yeah, we and could Boone warmer. Boone would love to see me fail at kicking this field goal, regardless of his thoughts on kickers. Yeah. So let's let's make this happen. We could just go to like Eden Prairie High School or something. Just, yeah, go down the road. Next I Maybe. would like to see you try it though. I I would too. I'll try. I'll try the if we can find. We'd have to find like a decent soccer goalie. Is there like a even like a high school soccer goalie? Just someone who knows what they're doing, so I can. Because if it's like Judd and goal, then yeah, it doesn't count. Then yeah, it's got to be yeah, someone. No, I'm not, someone no, who kind of knows cool. what they're doing. I'm 53. Okay. I'm not playing goal. <laughs> Let's get back to the Vikings feedback here on this uh, this feedback Friday, Mackie and Judd. Okay, this is from Steve Eisenbray. Eisenbray, Eisenbray. Do you think Jalen Rager will take over Adam Thielen's place next year 
with maybe working out with Justin Jefferson in the offseason and working with McCardell in OTAs and such, or basically elevating his status on the team. You think there's room for J- Jalen Rager to, to grow into a bigger role? Yes, I think there definitely is. I guess here's my question. Thielen contractually, as we talked about, I think, on uh, PD today, is almost certainly back. Cutting him would be extremely difficult, and and it would, you would take a big hit, and I don't think that they are going to. I think that the goal here is because he's from here and so well-loved that the goal probably is for him after this contract to possibly retire. So do I think that Jalen Rager is going to take his spot next year? I think he might take some of his snaps. Here's my bigger question about that because it's a really really good point is Jalen Rager going to replace KJ Osborne KJ Osborne I thought was going to have a large role he's had a role and and I think his statistics are fairly comparable to last year where but in 2021 it was a big surprise right like KJ Osborne didn't do a thing besides return kicks in 2020 and now he's 700 yards last year but I feel like I I looked up his stats a couple of weeks ago and I feel like his stats at that point uh, through the oh. same amount of games, we're very much on par. So the point is, I'm not saying, I'm not dismissing him. It's not like he's a complete bust. But it does feel like he has not been used as much as I expected. And Rager, to his credit, every time he's gotten a chance, and it's been a very small sample size, has done well. It feels like he has probably exceeded what I thought. So, yes, I think that there is a very good chance Jalen Rager gets more opportunities, n- not only in 2023, but as this season progresses. Um, I don't know if it's at the expense of Thielen, though. That would be that's going to be a, a very political. Like that's not just as simple as aging receiver. Thanks yeah. for the service. See you. I, mean, I think he's that's the, he's, the to, Wal, he's their Walter yeah. Payton Man of the Year rep. For God's it's going to be it's it's going to be a political hot potato for the Vikings. But I do think the goal will be to get Jalen more opportunities because he brings something. He's got speed. He's caught the passes thrown his his way. I think he definitely has made a case to have an expanded role. So KJ Osborne, yeah, I, this was he's he's just a guy at this point, right? He was a fifth round draft pick. You thought last year, oh man, maybe there's something here. Oh, Fifty yeah. catches, six fifty five, seven touchdowns. So he is averaging half the yards per game this year as he was last year. He may have came on strong in like December, but. He's averaging nine yards per reception, which is atrocious. How about this? Now, it's small sample size alert, but K.J. Osborne is averaging eight yards a touch. Jalen Rager is averaging 14 yards a touch, but he's only touched the ball eight times. Right. But in his career, 86 touches, still a low number for Jalen Rager. He is averaging 10 yards per touch in his career, which um, I'm not – I'm not saying that he's going to live up to his first-round draft status, but there's more there than, like, one catch per game. So I think there's a bigger role for Jalen Rager. Forget about the offseason next year. I think there's a bigger role for him this year. Agreed. Getting him into an offseason, a full workout and everything, learning the playbook even more is going to be big for 2023 because he is under contract. But, yes, I would uh, I'd love to see a little bit more. A little bit more. He's a threat. He is. That's the thing. How how many guys outside of JJ do they have right now at either tight end or receiver who you consider like a legitimate threat? I'm I'm not saying catching passes. I'm saying um, break a big play, a or go something. a go route. You're running a nine route. You are going. You're getting down that field. 
And, and the work that he did on that play you against can two, sa- two safeties yes. over the top, like he's he comes back on an underthrown ball. Absolutely. a good job on it. Uh, Tyler Morin says, in regards to the conversation about the Super Bowl window, I'm curious about your guys' take on the schedule next year. We will be in first place, and no doubt we'll have a tougher schedule. With that said, we've had just one. We've had uh, one of the most difficult schedules this year of all the NFC contenders. So, how much does schedule matter? It seems this year we've had more home games, and the away games for uh, New Orleans uh, was across the pond. It seems so. Yeah, next year that'll change. Seems it needs to be considered that the schedule is going to be fairly brutal, while the Rams are living living that mm-hmm. and have a bunch of injuries and stuff. Exactly. It's so hard to say. Um, This league is so hard to break things down like that right now because the schedule changes. Do you get more guys hurt? I mean, does Kirk get hurt at some point in time? He might. Who knows? Um, Yeah, I don't. It's just this league. And plus, when you get the schedule, which will probably be in early spring, right? When we get the schedule, we're going to look at the schedule and we're going to pick it. And we're going to break it down. And by the time October comes, three teams that we thought were going to be great might not be. And three teams that we thought were going to be terrible might be good. I mean, that that's the toughest thing. The schedule to me, because there's so many factors, it's so difficult to actually know how things are going to look when you get to late October, November, which is when you can sort of decide, oh, yeah, these teams are overachieving. Yeah. These teams aren't. Look, look, the Giants, when we got the schedule in April, the Giants look like a mess. Oh, and the Jets too, right? Jets, yep. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that Jets game, man, that, right. that wound up being, and you knew going in it was going to be a fight, but in August or in March or whatever, yep. like, oh, these guys, these guys are clowns. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Corey Larson says, is there a path for Ed Donatel to be fired after the season? Maybe he'd be fired if the Vikings lose in the first round and give up like 40 points to someone like Seattle. All right, Judd, you love doing this. Why don't you paint the scenario okay. in which Ed Donatel loses his job? Let's let's go down that dark path. It's not a dark path at all. It's very, it, to me, it makes perfect sense. Okay. So Ed Donatel is the guy who knows the guy. We're 10-2, and everyone's already trying to figure out how we can fire someone. Because Let's it can go. be improved. It can be improved. KOC would agree privately with what we'll I'm saying get a saying chance here. in December to improve it. And then we'll see. Ed Donatel is, a, I think, a very competent secondary coach. Um, as a coordinator, he's the guy who knows the guy. And in this case, he, he worked for, and I think it was, you know, I, I think he, he started to work for Fangio relatively late in his career. So he knows Vic, and Vic runs the defense that gives so many teams problems now. So Ed gets the job that way. And I think what we've seen is, okay, yeah, I mean, he knows the guy, but he's not the guy. And I told you guys, on write that down. My scenario is this. So Fangio's retired. I don't know if he want, wants to come back or not. I don't think he's going to be a head coach again. So he would be an option to at least call. The other guy, Brandon Staley, Chargers coach. Declan's favorite guy. He thinks he's a great coach. Uh, But Staley looks like a guy who might be a coordinator. And the other problem there is he is a defensive guy coaching Herbert who is who needs a KOC. Like Justin Herbert, to me, coaching-wise, is sort of being wasted because there's a lot more there. And the Chargers are okay, but they shouldn't be. They should be good. So 
if the Chargers say, you know what, Brandon didn't didn't work out. Kevin O'Connell and Staley, who worked together for a year or two with the Rams, are really good friends. Mm-hmm. Staley is another disciple, big time, of Fangio, who loves him. So Staley is a guy who knows the guy, but in this case, the guy treated him like a son. In Donatello's case, it was probably like a, you know, a co-worker. So Staley's young. Staley has experience. He's great friends with O'Connell, and he almost certainly would want to stay in coaching. I don't think he's not, not the type of guy because of his age who would take a no. year off. Yeah. So you get him here and you say, no big changes, same type of defense, but your understanding of what I want is greater. Um, you're going to give me a better chance to win games defensively. And there is your path to Ed Donatel being one and done in Minnesota. Ed. Sorry, guy. You think KOC would do do it that way? Just play that Vince McMahon clip to him? Uh, yeah, Ed, uh, it's, he's on speakerphone. Ed, uh, yeah, listen. Um... <laughs> Vince has something to say to you. Who's Vince? It would seem to make sense to, I don't, I think the the first option would be their defense gets better in December and they go on a run and whatever. But if they felt like, if you kind of rewind to part of the, I think the thought process is you're trying to put together a staff and you, kind of have limited time it all happens very fast you're an offensive a young offensive minded head coach you'd like a veteran person to just handle the defense right yes. so ed donatel definitely was on that list he checked some boxes mike Petton comes in as your sort of assistant head coach that's an interesting one too you could slide you could even just slide him internally yep. over to defensive coordinator yeah so i could see that uh but if you felt comfortable after your first year and said okay all right, I don't. Now I can kind of mold this the way that I really want to. Ed, thank you so much for helping us in my first year. Appreciate it, but we got to take another step. And a guy like Brandon Staley wasn't available when you were assembling your coaching staff for your first season. So that's definitely something. I think we put that on the back burner for now, but we love to get out in front of speculative topics. And so if they do continue to play poor defense in December, and if defense is you know, contributing to the, the demise of them in a playoff game, then this will be one of the big topics for sure in a few weeks from now. Uh, Prashant chimes in and says, whatever happened to Judd's keys? Did keys die after last season? What happened to keys? Did he, did he quit due to creative differences with Judd? Is his absence the real reason for the Vikings' success this year? Is he drowning himself with Surly somewhere on a beach yeah. far, far away? All right. How, how's keys doing? I have not divulged this yet. But since it was asked, I'll fess up. What I heard, and this is secondhand, I heard that Keys is with the Whisper on an island. Oh, that the hockey whisper. Are they, in are they lovers out, or are they, they just are, hanging out? Are they like Bert and Ernie? Just, let's just let's just Bert, say you're shouting again, Bert. That they are um, <laughs> they are imbibing on a lot of surly. That 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 there is a lot that there are lots of mixed drinks and that keys and the whisperer uh, are glad to be done with us. I love Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. <laughs> well, Ernie. That was more of a Kermit. More of a Kermit yeah, you saw him right there. It's got Kermit here too, man. I'm a key frog. Bert. Hey, guys. Keys. Anyway. You're shouting again, Keys. Keys is gone. Keys was replaced by feedback. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and we do thank Keys. 
He's had he's made for several contributions. great contributions over the years. He yep. really he did. was around a long time. <laughs> I think I think he was offended that the team wasn't always, especially under Mike Zimmer, wasn't taking his advice. Oh, his highlighted keys were going so unused on Sunday game days. Is that similar then to the hockey whisper with the Wild and Dean and Kirill and whatnot? Is that is that also why? The whisper. No, the the whisper just uh, embarrassed. The the whisper did the wrestling thing and put his career on the line oh. with a prediction that went awry. So sure. awry is a nice way to put it. <laughs> so that's that's what happened there. But you never never say never in wrestling right. in podcasting. Yep. You never know when someone could make their make their return. I don't see, see keys. I don't see him coming back. I think there's some issues probably to try to get back in the country as well. Oh boy. Oh. Pieces? Okay. Pieces issues? Yeah. Also, yeah, I think that the climate has changed Passport. quite a bit since Keys was last, you know, on the forefront here that people just don't tolerate preview content quite as much. Yeah, that's you know? true. They just, they just don't like preview that's content. True. And, you know, preview content has a shelf life mm-hmm. more yep. so than other content. And he also and asked been for, tough for Keys to, to hear. Significant raise at one point. Oh, and I, I I heard the brass didn't take kindly to that. Oh, he 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 actually took the contract and added a comma and some extra zeros. It's a terrible idea. Very disrespectfully. Terrible idea, Keys. Um, hey, real quick here. We last month we and and it's you can still if you got five bucks, fifty bucks, you know, whatever you're in the mood to to donate here. We helped raise money for the Play for Patrick Foundation, which helps raise money for kids fourteen to twenty four who may have potential hidden heart defects to get screenings and to uncover something that could potentially be dangerous for them. So playforpatrick.org, playforpatrick.org. This all stemmed from uh, Patrick Schoonover's untimely tragic death, hidden heart condition on the ice. Um, Just some people are predisposed, and his family has spent the last eight years or so since 2014 raising money for this cause, playforpatrick.org. Org. All right, guys, that's your Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd. Don't forget, on Sunday, right after Vikings-Lions finish up, Vikings Ventline on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Go ahead and click the subscribe button there so you can get the notification when uh, we go live right after the game is over. See ya. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.